Hello, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Tempers Plains, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. Welcome to our podcast. I believe God will anoint this message to speak to you today because we do have this promise in Isaiah 55:11. My word I will send out and it will always produce fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. As you listen to this message, let the word of God penetrate your heart so it can accomplish all his will in your life. Enjoy this message. God is so good. It's good to see everyone. I can tell we're a little bit light today, but you know, it's that time of year and folks are traveling and some folks are not feeling well. Um, And so I trust we have some folks joining us virtually as well. So um, I do want to give another shout out to the media team. Um, Pastor had asked me, I knew Pastor was not feeling well on Tuesday and we were interceding for him, or I'm sorry, on, uh, yes, Tuesday, we were interceding for him. And, uh, you know, Tammy had told me, now, you got to love Tammy. I love her. Because, you know, as I'm getting an update on how Pastor's doing, she said, you know, you may want to be in standby. I'm not sure. Uh, You may want to be in standby for Sunday. And then I talked to Pastor on Wednesday and just to check and see how he was doing. And he said, yeah, brother, please be in standby. So, you know, I started getting uh, uh, just listening to God and saying what he might want to, listening to hear what he might want shared today. But I didn't get a confirmation until Friday night. I was talking to Pastor, and he gave me another update. And I said, listen, uh, let's go on and decide which way we're going to do this. How do you, do you want me to go on and do the message? And so he said, yes, go on and take it. So at that point, I did not have anything written out. So I'm, I'm leading up to say thank you to the media team because they're used to getting things from pastor sooner. And so today I didn't give them any, I don't have anything for them to put up. Okay, so part of this is an apology and another part is a shout out to the media team for being on it all the time. Uh, but you will have to look up the scriptures, uh, maybe, uh, you'll have to look up the scriptures as I tell you, okay? So, um, anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out to them because they are instant, in season, and they are on top of it. So I do appreciate it. Can we give them another hand and a praise? Thank you so much. I want to say it also for the media team is... Uh, also the sound team. So a shout out to those running sound and Todd today. Thank you for covering the camera. Thank you so much. Todd's supposed to be up here playing the acoustic guitar and he'd let me know that someone's not feeling well so they won't be able to be on the camera. So he had to cover that as well. All right. So, you know, here it is 1106. And, you know, normally when I have a chance to minister, I have so much I want to go over. I don't always get through it. So I don't want to take too much time with the, the, the introductory type of items here. I will say this. Um, uh, you already heard, and we're praying for Pastor, and I know he's getting better. I talked to him, and he says that he's, he's feeling better and still a little disoriented, but he's getting there. And so, uh, of course, you got to listen to me today. And so please remember to keep praying for him and that he has a, a speedy and full recovery. So today's title for this message is A Present Help in Times of Trouble. A Present Help in Times of Trouble. We could stop and hang out and just think about that title. Some of you, if you're thinking, no, it has nothing to do with the Buckeyes losing, so let's not go there. Okay, I wasn't happy about that. And that is, those are times of trouble. 
but I, you know, I believe there's some saved folks on Michigan side too, maybe. A couple. <laughs> Wait a minute. We don't have any Michigan fans in here, do we? Oh, just Darren? Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. Ushers, get, Paul's saying, get him out of here. <laughs> oh, man. My brother's a Michigan fan, too. Here we are, lived in Columbus. That's where we grew up. And we're all Buckeyes, I thought. And here he is, a Michigan fan. I don't know. But anyway, so it's not about that. But when you think about a, a present help in times of trouble, and here we are in this world that we're living in right now, many of us, we don't have to go far to find trouble. Matter of fact, trouble shows up when you're not looking for it, right? It's not like trouble is, uh, you know, it cracks me up. Uh, some of these places you go to and they'll put gas down for being so cheap. And then it's all because they ran out of it. <laughs> well, sure, it got you here, though. But we, didn't, we don't have any. You know how they say that you do that sometimes in marketing. You, you give it a low price. Well, we don't have any in stock. Okay, but hey, we have this. <laughs> It's a little bit of a switch. But the thing is, trouble is never low on supply. The enemy is always trying to provide it. So the majority of this message, and I just want to kind of tie this into why are we going through this piece? Why, are, why am I touching on this piece um, of uh, him being a present help in times of trouble? Pastor's been talking uh, and been teaching um, about offenses, avoiding offenses. Do not be offended. Also, he just got, which ties into this, is talking about forgiveness. And we know Pastor just did a message about forgiveness. And so as I was seeking the Lord about this word today, I said, Lord, how can I tie into what is going on there, but also bring a different perspective of what you might want to say today? And so the Lord reminded me of the book of Esther. And since I don't have enough time to go through the whole book of Esther, we're going to be picking pieces and looking at characters from Esther. But we're going to lift some of that, uh, some of those happenings in Esther to talk about. And we're going to tie it into uh, uh, trying not to be offended or walk in unforgiveness. Um, and so it is going, we'll link it up. There's a bigger piece at play here. You know, um, in... Esther. We're not going to turn there yet. I'm just setting this up. But in the book of Esther, there's certain characters that we focus on. You can focus on Esther, um, who ended up being the queen. You could focus on Mordecai, who took Esther kind of like his daughter. Uh, Esther's father was Mordecai's uncle. And so a lot of times when we go to Esther, we talk a lot about Esther and we talk about Mordecai, but also there's the character in there, Haman. And Haman is the antagonist of the story. He's the foe, if you will. Um, and it's from that perspective that God wanted me to think about this and us to think about this. And so I'll, I'll tie it in more later, but as we go through this, you might say, well, why would we want Haman? to be the focus. Pastor's been talking about forgiveness and really trying to avoid unforgiveness, right? But uh, uh, what I would say is a, a, a pivotal point when you think about someone walking in unforgiveness, 
It is impossible to walk in unforgiveness without also having a sense of entitlement. It is impossible. And God said, let's take it from that angle. Look at all that happened to Haman's life because he walked in unforgiveness. He was offended. He felt entitled. And because something didn't happen, he was hot like fire to get revenge or to cause an effect. And God is saying, that is the very thing I don't want us to do. Pastor talked about this last time and said that we are linking ourselves up to basically to something that's not even thinking about us, but it causes our mission, our purpose to die when we walk in unforgiveness because we've tied or we've anchored ourselves to something that is outside of God's will. Okay? And so as we go through this, we're going to make this more clear Today, my main goal, and I'm going to tell you this is kind of, um, let me see if I got my pen, because I've got all kinds of thoughts coming to me as I'm talking. Um, there's going to be a section here where we're going to take some time to pray. Through the word of what was, ha was happening today, Tina heard a word and came up and just told us. She said, I don't know what this is, but I hear, and we're going to pray about this. She said, I hear that God, actually, I probably should have, have her, had her tell you this, but she said, I feel like we have to pray for the double-hearted. And I'll let her correct me if I'm off on that a little bit. On, huh? Two-sided, thank you. Two-sided heart, right? Okay. So let's keep that in mind because I will tell you, the Lord told me to take a perspective on this as I was setting this up. Take it from two sides. The side of being offended and the side of trusting God that he's going to take care of all your affairs. Okay? And so I thought it was strange that, or unique that Tina asked to pray for the two-sided heart because that God told me by the end of this, uh, he's, he's really wanting to encourage the people and realign us to where we're no longer going back and forth, because it's easy. Like I said, trouble does not have a, uh, a, a, there's no shortage of supply. And where there's trouble, there are, there's a lot of opportunity for offenses, unforgiveness, and so we wanna make sure we don't fall into that. Amen? And so, for right now, I want us to open up to Psalms 46.1. Psalms 46.1. This is a scripture we've heard over and over. It's a very short little piece here. You know, it's funny. I feel old school. Um, at a church we used to be at, they would say, uh, come on out of your seats and greet your neighbor. I hadn't done that in the longest. And so we just did that. And also, I feel the need to, be, to ask, uh, when you got it, say amen. So when you're at four, Psalms 46.1, say amen. <laughs> oh, wow, we're going back. Okay, so in here it says, God is our refuge and strength, our very present help in trouble. We hear these words over and over, and we know these. Even when I told you the title, it's like, oh yeah, I know that scripture. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So I wanted to pull out from the Strong's Concordance, 
refuge. And so when you pull that word out, really what it is, you, and I've only highlighted some of them. I didn't want to go through all of the words for it, but really basically it's a shelter, uh, literally or figuratively, hope. God is our hope. <laughs> a place of refuge, a shelter, and then the last piece it says is trust. Now, in my notes, I highlighted a shelter, I highlighted hope, and I highlighted trust. Because when you read through this and you think about refuge, it's important to understand. We usually think of a place of refuge as a shelter. Yeah, that's, that's cool, a fortified place, a place that keeps you safe. But do you realize you can be safe in hope? Hope is like spinach to Popeye. Maybe not the same degree. <laughs> but you know, seriously, Hope can be a fortress or a shelter. That's why the enemy wants to come in and try to destroy it. He wants to steal your hope. Guess what? It's hard to look at the future with some type of anticipation and vigor and energy if you have no hope. Right? Also here, I wanted to look here, and it said a very present help. In times of trouble, very present help in trouble. And when I pulled out present, uh, it, uh, here as far as the wording here, to, uh, these, uh, this was longer, but I wanted to lift some of this. To come forth to. To appear or exist. Uh, transitive. To attain, find, or acquire. Figurative, figuratively, to occur, meet, or be present. Then it went out a little bit further. There were so many pieces here I could read to you, but one thing it said is catch. He's a present help. Catch. Okay, so keep that in mind. There's a spot in here that says, be enough, calls to, calls to be enough. Get hold upon. See, when we read these words, if we just leave it at present, we don't dive down and say, what is it really saying here? So different spots where presence shows up in the scripture, it can have different meanings, okay? But here, in this particular scripture, when it says present, it means all of these things. Here's another one that it says in here. So I said, get hold upon. Another spot, it says, be here. Another, another piece, it says, hit. H-I-T, hit. Speed and suffice. Now, I threw out a lot of words there. So, 
I want to try to tie this into where we're going and, and some of the things that right now we're going through. Because really, everything I'm talking about is so that we can navigate and, and be successful in our walk right now. How do we navigate these times we're in? And when it says that he will be a present help in trouble, he's going to be that type of present. It's not like he's there where you see him right when you go into it. It's not like he's there with you every single moment, even though he is. But it's at times, as he tells you to go and do what he has for you to do, you're going to have to go on faith because you don't always see him, but he's going to catch up with you. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I never know a fly is present until it hits me. You know, it's like, oh, there must be bugs and, or gnats, whatever. Part of this word, present, is hit. I know that might seem small, but when I break down all these words and, and try to see what it's saying, speed, suffice. So what it's really telling us when we read that, if we really do to go further in it, is you go and do what I tell you to do and know that I'm your present help in trouble. And what that means is as you're doing what I need you to do, as you're being obedient, I'm going to be there and I'm going to suffice the situation. I'm going to be all you need. He's going to, it said, get hold of. He's going to get hold of the situation. Have you ever been there and you're like, I don't know if they're going to show up. Oh, it looks like I'm on my own. I don't know if it's going to work the way I thought it was going to work. And God's saying, don't you see, I'm here. I'm going to punch when it's time to punch. I might even catch you off guard because you forgot I'm a present God. I'm, trying, I'm telling you this just so you'll keep it in mind because right now in this world we're living in, the enemy is trying to make you think he is in charge and that he's got this. You've got loved ones who are breaking up. You've got loved ones who are passing away. You've got people who are just strong in faith and you're finding them sick. You've got people who are walking away from the faith. You've got situations where you were out, you thought you heard God say do A, B, and C, and as you're doing A, B, and C, it seems to fall apart, and you're like, I don't know what's going on. And the devil says, I'm still running this thing. And somehow he gets into our heads and gets us to believe Maybe God isn't a uh, uh, what? No, you don't. The unique thing about Esther, when we get to it, is God is not mentioned. God is not mentioned in Esther. But you can see his hand. He's a very present help in times of trouble. So guess what that means to me? And the one thing I wrote down, this isn't one of my key points, which I'll get to, but one thing he did tell me is for us to, actually, hold on for one moment. Let me make sure I don't jump too far ahead. Oh, yeah. I will touch on it later. But one piece was discern what is God. And what he said is, son, discern without labels. 
See, sometimes if we look for God in the labels, we'll miss God. So what I mean by that is, sometimes we feel that we got to be telling everybody, or we got to say, God. If we don't say God, it's not God. If we don't say God said, it's not powerful. We go places and we say, we expect it to say something that resembles God. Oh, Christian. Oh, that's a Christian counselor. Oh, great. I don't even have to check nothing. <laughs> Cause it said they're a Christian counselor. I don't, have to, I don't have to check it out. They're Christian. I'd rather go to a counselor who behaves godly. Not necessarily tell me they're a counselor. They may love the Lord. They may serve the Lord. But sometimes putting the name in front of it, it reminds me of Tommy Boy. I don't know if you guys ever saw Tommy Boy. <laughs> this just jumped in my head. There was a spot where Tommy Boy, his dad passed away, and his dad had this parts business where he sold auto parts. And anyway, I'm, I know I'm going to go way too long if I keep telling different stories. But anyway, Tommy Boy, his dad passed away, and I think this show has been out long enough that this is not a spoiler, okay? <laughs> but anyway, his dad passed away, and Tommy's taking over the business. He has to go out and sell parts to these people, so they'll keep putting in orders. And at one part, Tommy says to this man who did business with his dad, he said, hey, if I have to say guaranteed, I'm trying to talk like him, if I have to say guaranteed, that means it's a bunch of crap or whatever word he used, I don't remember. It's not all about the labels. You go all the way through the book of Esther and they don't say God one moment, but you can see God's hand. Why am I saying this? There are people who you bump up against every day outside of church that you might not even know that they are God's people. Yeah, you should know, but you may not know. And you may think, I'm not seeing God move in anything. I'm not hearing about God. I, I don't see him. And he's saying, I'm working. I'm still in the middle of all this. Amen? He's still in the middle of all this. So, the enemy is constantly lying to us. He wants us to believe that God has forgotten us altogether. But it is important that we are very careful how we hear things. Amen? One Sunday morning, Pastor noticed little Alex. Alex is staring up at a large plaque that hung in the foyer of the church. The plaque was covered with names, small American flag, were mounted on either side of it. The seven-year-old had been staring at the plaque for some time, so the pastor walked up, stood beside him, and said quietly, Good morning, Alex. Well, Alex says, Good morning, Pastor. He's still focused on this plaque. So Pastor Phillips, uh, what is this? That's what Alex asked. Well, son, it's a memorial to all the men and women who have died in the service. Soberly, they stood there staring at this plaque a little bit longer. Little Alex's voice barely audible when he finally managed to ask, which one, 9 o'clock or 10.30? 
<laughs> all right, all right. I don't normally tell jokes. <laughs> I figured I'd put that in there because, listen, careful how we hear. Careful how we hear. Pastor knows what he was telling. Ivy's over there saying, oh, my, don't tell that joke ever, 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 ever. I thought that was a cute joke. The pastor says service. But, you know, sometimes, I'll tell you another one, and this is just real quick. But let me finish what I'm saying. Sometimes you say something, and you think people got it. But they haven't necessarily got it because it means something different. It's how we hear things. Careful how we hear. My mother was telling me this, and this is a true story. My brother's daughter, Danae, is my mom's granddaughter. But my mom's, uh, my mom's nephew, one of her nephews, or I'm sorry, one of her grandsons had a child. And my mom was talking to the two. So one is her great-granddaughter, the other is her granddaughter. So my mom says, Danae, oh, Danae is my granddaughter. Uh, this is so sweet. Oh, oh no, but Allie is my great-granddaughter. And so she's explaining this to somebody, but the two girls are there hearing about it. Finally, Danae is like, hey, um, Grandma, what have I done to uh, not be your great-granddaughter? And she said, oh, sweetie, sweet, no, you know, so you can hear it. They don't understand. Heck, sometimes we're just learning this, some of the family tree stuff. But she was hearing, oh, she's great, and I'm just grand. Careful how we hear, right? So I want to look at, if you could turn to Esther. We're going to look at Esther 2. And before I get into that, I just want to set up the story. Because like I said, Esther has 10 chapters. I can't go through all of it. But I do want to highlight the pieces that God had me lift off that are, that's important. So before we get into that scripture there, we're going to be in Esther 2, 17 through 18. But before we get to there, basically this king, King Xerxes, is throwing a big party. I mean, this party ran for about months. I mean, over 120 plus days. And uh, he had this party. And at one point in the party, the king says, you know, I want, my, I want uh, the queen uh, to come and uh, Queen Vesti to come and uh, so everybody can see how gorgeous she is. She's his trophy wife. And she didn't come. Now, understand why the king was having his party. She was over having her party, too. So they did this long, I don't know, the way they party, man. But anyway, they had their own thing. The king asked for her to come and she did not come. He's got egg on his face, looked like he isn't the man of his household or whatever, and it, it just bothered him. And so he had his boys, to, and he asked them, hey, what should I do about this? The queen just made me look bad in front of the, all the people. And so they came together, and they said, well, you need to make an example of her, because you can't have this, because she acting like that, our wives are going to act a fool too. You know, can't have that. And so he told them what to do. So they put away, they put, did away with her. She could no longer be queen, basically. And so finally, they, I'm giving you the abbreviated version. They say, look, king, here, you, you, you know, 
you need uh, someone who's just gorgeous and will just represent you well. And so they do this little contest and they collect the most gorgeous women. And I'm certain my wife would have been in this group, by the way. And I'm so glad they didn't because I would not want her to be with the king. She's, well, she's with me. I guess I am a king. But anyway, they went and got all these gorgeous women and uh, brought them together, and they gave them all these treatments, beauty treatments, and bottom line, they were basically going to do a beauty pageant before the king. And whichever one he desired and thought was just great, that was going to be the one he selected. <laughs> and so we come to Esther. My goodness. While all this is going on, you never know, right now as you're in this room, you never know how much of your destiny is being set up right now. Right now, even when it might look bad, God could be setting you up. And so I want you to see here in, so I did went all that just to bring you up to Second uh, uh, Esther 2. In verse 17, it says, The king loved Esther more than all the other women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set a royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast, a feast of Esther, for all his officials and servants and, the pro and proclaimed a holiday in the provinces and gave gifts according to the generosity of the king. Now, I wanted you to see he, she gained favor. What, what you don't see, and I would encourage you to go and read this. I know you probably read it over and over, but take a look at it because I can't highlight everything. What, I, what struck me is that Esther, right before she went into the king, it makes note that she only asked for the basic stuff that the eunuchs were providing. She didn't ask for anything else. So imagine she could have asked, well, she got a chance to make her beautiful, and she, they got everything you think you might want to make you beautiful. She could have picked all kinds of other stuff. She didn't. She didn't ask. It made note to say she didn't ask for anything special except for the base, what, base items that the, the eunuchs were giving. And she went in there and still won it, right? Such confidence. Um, and I just need you to know, that regardless of what you're going through and what things look like, you still have someone working, God, working on your behalf. It may not look like it's working right now. That's the thing. We don't go by sight. I'm hearing Fred Price. We walk by faith and not by sight. Right, Fred Price? <laughs> I think that's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Um, but that is the truth. We, be, we need to be diligent and obedient and doing the things God has for us to do. And guess what? I have learned over the years, when God says no, it doesn't mean it's no forever. If God was to tell, if I went for a job, there's times I've gone for jobs. I had this awesome job I thought I was going to get in Pittsburgh. I was the runner-up for it. It paid very well. I was so upset. Well, I was disappointed, not upset, disappointed that I didn't get the job. But you know what? As I was driving back from Pittsburgh, I said, God, you shut that because you got something else. I know you do. And I trust him, 
right? Later on, I found out that job, they still had not hired somebody in my position, and they had all kinds of issues. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't get that job. Thank you, God. You never know what God is doing, but he will show you favor if you are submitted to him and doing the things he has for you to do. Now, listen, don't expect him to provide favor for you if you're in a place of disobedience. Jonah should never expect to get somewhere, even ride in a boat, <laughs> and think that he was going to have favor because he was in disobedience. Okay? Okay? This only works when you're being obedient. God's responsible for the things he's told you to do. That's huge. And I know you all are mature Christians in here. And so, but understand, if you're listening, this is for folks watching. God is responsible for the things he told you to do. When you see people failing and not representing God well, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault, okay? Nothing in God's kingdom is by coincidence. God doesn't happen upon something and get surprised. <laughs> pastor Forte, uh, our previous pastor, used to say, this is a face you'll never see God make. <laughs> that used to crack me up when he would do that. You're never going to see God surprised. He does not operate in coincidences. He is deliberate in how he does everything. And we'll see that as we keep going through. If you look over here, now I'm going to start listing some bullets. So you know how pastor at times, he will have, have points that he wants to make, and it will say point one, point two, point three, whatever. Now these are some of my bullets. And these are things that we must understand if we're going to truly operate and see God helping us in present times of trouble. B, I'm sorry, one, would be, we must be willing to assist others. You know, it's, I'm looking to see, oh, that's right, Jaden didn't make it today. She's not feeling well. There's times I give Jaden assignments. And Seth used to say, I did it for her. Because he could do it. And I would say, listen, I told Jaden to do that. I didn't ask you to do it. He said, well, I helped her. No, the lesson was for her. He was like, okay. And at times, I will say, hey, let her do it. I'll tell Ivy sometimes, let her do it. Let him do it. Because there's a reason I'm asking for that. Yeah, I could go do it myself. But there's times that I say, go and do. Not because I think they're going to do it right. Not because they're going to do it better to me, but because there's a, a goal in the assignment, right? Sometimes God tells us to do things, not because he doesn't have anybody else, but because he's trying to set us up with opportunities, right? And if we're not mindful of how we navigate our walk with God, we will miss those times when God says, Go and do A, B, and C. I get more in fulfillment and more inspiration, more hearing takes place when I'm outside of myself and I go to assist someone else. 
So watch what happens here. Mordecai, Esther 2, 21 through 23. In those days, while Mordecai sat within the king's gate, two of the king's eunuchs, uh, Begthan and Teresh, I believe I'm saying the names right, might not be, doorkeeper, they became furious and sought to lay hands on King Xerxes. So the matter became known to Mordecai, who told Queen Esther, and Esther informed the king in Mordecai's name. Nothing happens by chance. She informed the king in Mordecai's name. She could have left that part off, but she didn't. She shared Mordecai's name. It all sets you up later. And when an inquiry was made in the matter, it was confirmed and both were hanged on the gallows. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king. Listen, God does not waste paper. He does not waste words. Everything I just read there is critical to the story as we go later. Remember, it said it was written in the Chronicles in the presence of of the king. Okay? And so, I'm sharing this with you, this piece, when I talk about be willing to assist others. There was something that happened. Sometimes we'll have access to information, and we will count it as a coincidence. Oh, I just happened to hear. It's not my job to tell them. It's not my job to do A, B, and C, but Mordecai saw something, he heard something, he got whiff of something that was happening and was going to happen against his king. Now, I don't want to make it seem like Mordecai was all holy, okay? But in the time that we're looking at, Mordecai had a purpose to play. Mordecai could have ignored the moment and just said, wow, that's stripped out, or that's crazy. Can't believe that's happening. And left it alone. But no, Mordecai used his access to the queen and was able to speak and tell them what was going on. Did he know it was going to benefit him later? Probably not. We don't go through life thinking, if I do A, B, and C, this is coming back to me. Just do something because that's godly. You know? We just do things because it is the right thing to do, like Ivy just said. It's the right thing to do. And later as we go through, we're going to find out why that right thing worked out for him because he was obedient and did what he needed to do. We must be willing to assist others. Oh, my gosh. It's 11.42. I haven't even got into the quarter of this message. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay, I can't stop now. Ivy's over there saying, cut it. No. <laughs> okay, listen. All right, let me go to another spot. Let me get down to the main piece here. Uh, a couple other things here. We must seek God for your time to step up. Now, I wanted to highlight this piece because understand, we, we just heard Esther, here she is, queen. She had found favor in the king's sight. And listen, even though she, the king had a concubine, he had a lot of other people. Man, that media team is on it. Um, he had a lot of other people or, or, uh, that he could have an audience with. But Esther 
was his favorite. She gets, actually, hold on for one moment. I'm sorry, this skipped. Yes, good. So here's what I want to tell you. Esther has a moment where she can go before the king and try to um, plead the case for the Jews. So because Haman, I told you how Esther had found favor. What happened later with Mordecai finding out this story about the plot, and they, he informed the king through Esther. Those guys were put to death, as I just told you. Haman was rewarded because now he got two vacancies. Haman moves up in the kingdom, right? And he feels so good. Now everybody should bow before him and pay him homage. And here he is walking by Mordecai and everybody at the gate, they bow down to Haman. But Mordecai, being a proud man, did not bow. Haman is mad because he did not bow down to him, right? So Haman, this is what I said, entitlement. He's entitled to you bowing down and giving me some homage, right? Paying homage to me. But Mordecai did not bow down to him. Haman gets upset and says, I'm just, that's, I'm offended. I'm not happy with this. I'm going to not kill. It's not like he's just going to kill Mordecai. He goes and says, I'm going to take out the Jews. I'm going to take out the Jews. So here he goes and plots. He goes to the king and tells him, look, I think we need to do this. You need to uh, uh, make a, a decree uh, to take out the Jews. They, these people are whatever he wants to say about them. And the king goes and gives his approval to take them out. All off of him being upset and feeling like he was dissed or offended because, of course, he was entitled to something, right? So here you've got Haman. He's going around trying to kill the people. Mordecai finds out about it, informs Esther, look, this cannot stand. This is not right. We got to do something about this. Here we got a decree from the king saying that uh, it's okay on this day to kill the Jews, and so he has a conversation with Esther. And here, if you look in Esther 3, verse 1, uh, let's see, I'm going to skip, actually I'm going to skip down from that because I just told you that story. Let's look at Esther 3, verse 13 and 14. In 13, it says, and Mordecai told the answer to Esther, Esther, excuse me, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. So check it out before I go on with that. Mordecai wanted Esther to go before the king and say, uh, have an audience with the king to uh, let him know what Haman's planning. The queen cannot just go. No one can just go before the king without being invited. If you did, he could kill you. Unless he was to raise his scepter and say it's okay. So here you got the queen in her comfortable place. And now she's being asked to go on behalf of her people before the king. And she could be killed. 
And so what she had said is, hey, Mordecai, you know, I could die going before the king like this. And so he's kind of replying to her, look, woman, God put you in that seat. That's pretty much what he's saying in, in 13. Uh, for, verse 14 says, for if you remain completely silent at this time, mm, mm, mm. relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows? He's saying on top of that, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So again, that second point, I'm sorry, not the second point, but this point here is uh, seek God. Yes, seek God. This is the second point. Seek God uh, for your time to step up. He said, if you remain silent, it's not going to be a good thing for you. You don't know that you may be in the king's presence for such a time as this. So here's what I'm, at, what, here's what I'm trying to get to with this piece. As I navigate this walk, I'm constantly asking God, when's my moment? AJ, can you come here for a moment? When I was playing football, we did something. It was called cleanup drill. Oh, I don't. You don't mind if I pull on this, do you? Nope. Okay, turn that way. I want you to act like you're trying to get away from me, like trying to run. So the coach will hold you back like this. You would be really ready to go, and the other guys would be on the other end. And right when they would release those other guys, you had to go break through the person blocking for them and get the tackle. And let them go. Boom. Right? I believe we're always, thank you, I believe we're always in that state of let me go, 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 God. Because he called us to do a work. Esther could have been silent. We have been in a place where we could do something. And so at times I ask God, I say, is this my moment? Do I get to go now? Is this the time for me to step up? Because without stepping up, you do not walk into your destiny. Esther was not put there to just have a great time and to please the king. She was put there to put the backs uh, so the people of her people could go in on her back and she could stand up and make a difference. But you can't do that playing it safe. You've got to seek God for your timing. Because if you let them go too soon, and I tell you what, man, yesterday in that game, I was getting mad because people were jumping and getting off sides and stuff was happening, and I'm just not happy. When we get out of order, we're going to mess up. All right, so <laughs> um, ushers, when we leave, can you beat Darren up outside, please? No. <laughs> um. Okay, I can tell. I've, I seriously have um, misjudged my time on this, so I don't want to keep you too late. But here's what I do want to tell you. There's a couple more points I want to make. There's two more main points that will be on here. I talked earlier about discern what is God. If we think we can... Discernment is much more than 
just using our senses, right? You know, um, we can be trapped if we just solely go off of our senses. We got to listen in our heart and hear what is God. Now, I will tell you something. Right now, we're in a label world. You're independent, you're Democrat, you're Republican, you're left, you're right, pro-choice, pro-life. We got all these different things that we label. And even in the church, full gospel, Pentecostal, all these different things that we put on labels. And I try not to, it's seriously, even when I decide I'm going to vote, don't get me wrong, I always vote. Yes, I do do my service. <laughs> or when I hire somebody, I'm serious, I carry God with me everywhere. And so I don't think about, do they look like me? Do they talk the way I talk? Are they humorous? All those things, because sometimes we select based on people being like us. I just say, God, which one? It's almost like I'm Jesse. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, Sam, Samuel in front of Jesse and saying, where's your boys? It's time to anoint them. Oh, no, it's not that one. Where's, you got another one. I'm seriously asking God. God, I know it talks like a Christian. They got Christian bumpers, stickers. They use good jargon. Is that you? Is this you? And if we don't ask the questions, and if we don't use our discernment, we're going to miss it. We'll yoke up with somebody who said, oh, I love the Bible. <laughs> I just love the Bible. It looks beautiful on my coffee table. <laughs> no, seriously. I know, I'm still going here. <clears throat> we must discern what is God doing. Sometimes, now listen here. When God, had, uh, when God had Jeremiah prophesying to the people and saying, look, we're going to go into bondage for 70 years. We're going to end up being in, in Babylon. People had a choice. It didn't add up if you just looked at it. Why are we going into Babylon? Why would we surrender? Because God is doing something. It didn't look like you should, but Jeremiah had to speak, uh, speak to people in that type of climate, and the people had to listen for God and not look and say, oh, we're chosen people. He wouldn't do this. Well, you better make sure you know God, because God was dishing out something at that moment, and you have to discern what's going on at the time. And so be careful. Don't let the labels of our lives tell us what's godly or not. The scriptures is the only thing we should be sizing up or sizing things up to the scripture. If it's not in compliance with the scripture, then we need to make adjustments. The last piece I want to say is this. Know this. God is in control. I can't get into all of this. I really wanted to show how it was set up, but I'm running out of time. But when you look at it, everything the enemy planned, Haman, everything he planned to do to Mordecai and the Jews worked against him. 
He didn't even know it. The king had told him to come before him, and the, he walks in. The king is trying to plan on how he's going to bless Mordecai. How can I show appreciation to Mordecai? That didn't happen until the king had a, uh, couldn't sleep the night before. And all of a sudden, he was able to have somebody read to him those chronicles of his, of his kingdom. And he remembered, Mordecai did something for me. What do we ever do for Mordecai? He asked. And sure enough, here comes Haman at the right time. Haman thinking he's going to be blessed. So Haman says, let's put him on your, your most precious horse and let's put him up with the, let's, let's put a nice sign up and travel him around and have, uh, have your, uh, your uh, best officer walk him through the kingdom. He sat in the stage for himself, but it didn't work out. He didn't know God was talking about Mordecai. Or God, the king. He didn't know the king was trying to set him up. King was trying to set up Mordecai. He did that. Bottom line, at the end of this, this man who was bitter, this man felt entitled. Here I am, the king's right hand, and I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You should bow. You should treat me. I'm entitled to being treated right. He lost all his property to Esther. Mordecai ended up Listen, Haman ended up dying. Esther got his property. Mordecai got, the signet, got a ring of authority to where he could actually go out and, and work with the king and make some decrees. And then on top of that, he ended up being the second in control over their kingdom. So the gist of what I'm telling you is this. Our God is working on our behalf, and he truly is a very present help in time of trouble. Don't let trouble hinder you. Trouble should be your opportunity to know that you're going to overcome the situation, and God is going to work with you. Amen? All right. Once again, I did not get to get, go through everything and get in depth. I will say I got through the end. <laughs> I went through the end, but I didn't give you all the details I wanted to drop on you there, but um, you know the story. So... Last thing I want to do is have Tina come up. Yeah. Tina, can you come up? I want you to pray for folks because this truly is that peace, like I said. We can, off, we can walk around offended or we can feel like uh, something has happened that maybe we didn't get everything. And sometimes God is the one we consider the offender. I didn't walk into my destiny yet. He said I was going to have this. He said I was going to have a child. He said I was going to do all these different things. But if we don't trust and if we don't let that refuge, that hope, be the thing that holds us, we'll go to the side of Haman and be looking to get up on somebody all the time. It's what I didn't get. We'll be bitter. We'll be angry. We'll walk around in unforgiveness hurting people. And that's what, that's what Haman was trying to do. He wanted to kill all of the Jews. Or we can be on the side that trusts God and say, I'm a dead person anyway. The life I live is live unto God. And so what? I'm not entitled to anything. I'm entitled to uh, suck air until he tells me to stop. It's hard to be offended when you're there. Amen? Tina. Why don't you go on and pray for the folks, okay? Today I heard 
Those of you with two-sided hearts, I'm not quite sure what it means, but it's like a conflict going on. So I'm going to pray for, for the two-sided hearts and that it is, if you're struggling with whatever you're struggling with, that God reveals it to you. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We ask, Father God, that those watching out there in Cyberland and those here in this church today that are here because they love you with all their heart, that if there's something going on that they need to have revealed to them, Father God, that you reveal what is going on, that you reveal the spirit of... the spirit of uneasiness, the spirit of strife, the spirit of wanting to hurt. That is not what you want us to do. That is not who you want us to be. So today, Father God, I just ask that you put your mighty hand on each and every one of the people that hear this, and their heart is clear, their heart is renewed, and their heart is given completely to you. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Tina. Now, listen, even with that word, don't let that get you into a place where you're like offended. Okay? Because we just listen to God, and it's like if something that God speaks is for you, great. If it's not, leave it. Okay? So, listen, we're going to go on and dismiss, but before you leave, if you needed prayer for anything, please come up front as, as everyone else is leaving. Uh, we're going to pray for you. Um, and, and just let God have his way. I do believe God wanted to speak to some folks, but um, we'll see. If you need to come up front, uh, please do that after I pray and dismiss. Father God, I just thank you for everyone that's in this place. Um, Lord, I thank you that they will have heard what you wanted to say today. Anything that was uh, uh, of me and that is of no value, Father God, let it not rest in their ears. I thank you for that right now. Let us grow from what we've heard, Father. In Jesus' name, we trust you. We surrender to you, Father God. Have your way. Amen. All right. Thank you, everybody, for uh, hanging out. If you need prayer, please come up. Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church, Tepper's Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails.